Hi, this is Janet for the Cheap Astronomy Podcast, www.cheapastro.com. Welcome to the Cheap Astronomy Guide to Doing Astronomy on the Cheap. Okay, I imagine you're like me, and you have recently taken a real interest in astronomy. Or you're trying to convince your family and friends that astronomy is a rewarding and economical hobby. Either case, this episode is a collection of tips that will help you get the most out of astronomy without breaking the bank. I'll cover the range of different tools that I've used and what they can do for you. Let me tell you how I do cheap astronomy. I walk out of doors and look up at the sky, but not the sun. I look at the moon, the planets, the stars. From a dark hill, I can even see the galaxy Andromeda. I watch the phases of the moon and see how the positions of the planets and constellations change. Now I'm out here in my backyard, how do I understand what I'm looking at and where to look for it? This is where my next cheap astronomy tool comes in, an astronomy app. This allows me to hold my phone up to the sky, or my tablet, and see a replica starscape with names and other information attached to each object, showing me where celestial objects are in relation to me and where they're headed, no matter the time of day or what the weather is outside. My favourite thing is finding out where the ISS is at any given time. As I speak, it's just below the horizon to the west of me. These type of apps are great learning tools for visualising orbits. When it comes to free apps, for iDevices I'd try Skyview Free, as it has a night vision mode. For Android devices, I recommend trying Google's Sky Map, because it has a lot of info. But since data is cheap, go explore your app store, because new apps come along regularly. And if you want to spend actual money on astronomy apps, I've had good experiences with Starwalk by the ESA. Otherwise, check out reviews for your relevant smartphone or tablet. If you're Australian, go download the Citizen Science app Fireballs in the Sky. Then, if you ever see a meteorite, record the approximate trajectory you saw. Together with the researcher's network of video recorders, your data helps them triangulate where it came down. If your observation helps them find something, they'll get in touch and let you know what it was. Cool, huh? You could make scientific discoveries. I haven't been so lucky yet but my app is ready. If you don't have a device that hosts apps, your local library can loan you books of star charts that will contain most of the same information, if not the interactive nature of the app. Just make sure you put red cellophane over your torchlight so you don't ruin your night vision while looking up star facts. Still in the comfort of my home or local library, I get into some really deep reaches of the cosmos via online citizen science projects. If you visit websites such as Zooniverse.org, you too could be the first human to set eyes on 13 billion year old galaxies, a solar storm that's about to smash into our atmosphere, or even entirely new phenomena. My current favourite project is mapping moon craters. Sometimes I venture further in search of astronomical delights, chiefly observatories and planetariums. The whole point of such places is to share cosmology, and most have cheap entry, impressive sights, and interesting information about the cosmos. You usually have to travel away from cities to get to somewhere with a telescope. I'm lucky because Australia is full of excellent telescopes. Check the internet to see if you have one in visiting distance. If there isn't a telescope open to the public near you, check if your nearest astronomy club has an open night. 
where members of the public can come along for free to take a look. I've been lucky enough to see some lovely sights through some impressive telescopes, thanks to the generous members of the Brisbane Astronomical Society. Your local club may vary in how open it is. If you're like me, having seen through a telescope with your own eyes, you want to own some magnification power yourself. That's when I bought binoculars. Armed with my apps and some decent binoculars, I like taking a look at the moon, Saturn, and other near-sky objects. The best things to look for in a city. And they're good for other activities that require magnification, such as wildlife watching, or cheap seats at sporting events or the theatre. For astronomy purposes, generally you want a 10 by 50 millimeter binocular. The 50 millimeter refers to lens width, wide field of view, but not so wide you forget what you're aiming for. And 10 means 10 times magnification. My binoculars are multifocal, between 10 and 30 times magnification, but there is no way I can keep them still enough for stargazing at 30 times magnification. Not without a prop to rest them on, in any case. At high enough magnification, even your heartbeat can interfere with a steady view. For most people, ten times is the most you'll be able to handle without the wobble getting in the way. So don't spend extra for extra magnification. It won't help you see anything. It'll just be more expensive and probably heavier. Other features to look out for are a screw mount fitting, allowing them to be fixed to a stand for stability, and single lens focus adjustment, additional to the main focus, to adjust focal differences between your eyes. This is fairly standard, and it means I can take off my glasses and focus each eye separately, just right for my personal myopia. So binoculars don't give you tiny details, and I like tiny details. So a few months ago, I finally bought a telescope myself, so I can take a close-up look at the stars whenever the wind takes me. There are several things to consider if you want to do the same. I'd like to make the case for buying a cheap telescope. Hear me out. First, think about what you'll be looking at and where you'll be looking from. Light pollution is one reason why a cheaper telescope is often the best option. Telescopes allow great magnification because they collect lots of light. It doesn't matter which type of telescope you choose, dim objects are invisible in bright skies. Generally, nothing wider than about six inches will gain you anything useful, sometimes even narrower in very big cities. It's just extra cost without extra visibility. There are guides online, check your local conditions, and don't overspend on width. If you do live on a cattle property, a 12-inch tube and a good lens can gain you beautiful, crisp, close-up views of objects near and far. For the rest of us, a cheap telescope lets us do the astronomy we have time to do not the light pollution-free astronomy we'd have to drive an hour away from the city to do. Speaking of driving, the next thing to think about is how you will transport your telescope to where you're viewing stars and where you'll store it. If you're not strong or don't have much space to store it, a small, light, cheap telescope may again be your best option. You won't do much astronomy if it's hard to cart your tools around with you to do it. There are multiple makes and models that come in different shapes and sizes, with viewing apertures in different spots, making them easier or harder to move, store, and use. For example, if you have the space and the strength to move it, a Dobsonian telescope could be good for you because they are cheap for their diameter, easy to set up, focus, and look through, and come with a sturdy, heavy mount 
that makes them easy to aim and stay aimed. But although Dobsonians are generally designed so that you can put them in the boot or backseat of a car, they are by no means small or light, and I wouldn't recommend trying to take one on public transport. Now that you've considered what you want and why it's best for you, go to the best place to buy one, wherever is convenient. Why the most convenient? So you can get started sooner, and so you can try out the models you find in store and see what you find easy to use. Being easy to use is a telescope's best selling point other than a low price. A maximum 300 times magnification telescope you can't aim or look through easily is much like 30 times magnification on handheld binoculars, a waste of money. Cheap Astronomy recommends paying no more than $300 for a telescope. This price point makes it easy for you to end up with something small, light, and perfect for your backyard astronomy for the reasons I've just discussed. If you know what you're doing with both online shopping and telescopes, you could try to save money, but it's probably better to physically try your telescope, which means new and cheap and in person. If it turns out you're a real enthusiast, then go to a special astronomy store or online. If you're a regular star watcher, you'll know and be able to explain what it is you're missing out on with your cheap telescope. This is how I got my first telescope. But then again, I'm not the perfect cheap astronomer. I have a 6-inch Dobsonian, and I paid just over $300 for it. It's excellent for looking at the moon just the way I want to, close and crisp and bright with excellent definition of crater shadows. And the same for sunspots with the solar filter I bought for it. I got exactly what I wanted to get, but it's heavy, so I mostly take it out for friends because it feels like too much fuss if I'm on my own. So remember, the best parts of astronomy are cheap. Cheap tools that are easy to take with you and you aren't afraid to use will allow you to do the most astronomy overall, not just the most for your dollar. The last thing you want to do is stop looking at the skies just because you think you need more expensive tools. Be a cheap astronomer. I assure you, it will be rewarding. <laughs>